Hello, and welcome to HR Unplugged episode 37, how to use PTO for retention, recruitment, and employee happiness. PTO strategies, policies, and engagement can be a tough topic for many businesses, but when you dig into the data, PTO is good for everyone. In today's episode, Anita Grantham and Vanessa Brulat talk through the benefits of PTO and how you can implement them at your business. We'll learn how PTO can help you increase employee retention, reducing turnover, boost recruitment efforts, and hire top talent, and improve employee happiness and productivity. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bamboo HR, the complete HR software. Simplify HR with award-winning solutions for everything from hire to retire with Bamboo HR. Bamboo HR Performance here to talk about performance enhancement. And no, I'm not talking about roids or stems or growth hormones. No, Bamboo HR is software that enhances the performance of your team. Does running payroll take way too long? Does your onboarding bore people to tears? Well, Bamboo HR is an easy-to-use, one-stop shop for time tracking, performance management, payroll, hiring, onboarding, so your team can perform in an enhanced manner. Performance enhancement! Try a free demo today at BambooHR.com. Welcome to episode 37, How to Use PTO for Retention, Recruitment, and Employee Happiness. We invite you to visit hrunplugged.com where you can sign up and be subscribed and invited to all of our series in your favorite podcast format. Vanessa, let's get into it. Yes, I'd love to kick off our topic for today with something different. Anita, how about you introduce what we're talking about with something you read in the news or a story you've heard recently? So one of my favorite books um, is one of the most recent ones by the Netflix founder, Reed Hastings. Um, Go ahead and pull it up. It's super interesting about how he talks about PTO, and I loved it. And I I do a lot of audiobooks. So I was listening to him tell the story about how, just like our theme on HR Unplugged, any HR policy you do is only as good as your CEO and leadership community enforce it. So what Reed Hastings describes in this is that Anytime he takes PTO, he posts on Slack or whatever tool they use around what his vacation was. And by doing that, he's reinforcing a few things. One, that taking time off is important. He's sharing where he's going. He's sharing what he did. And it's encouraging everybody else in the organization to go and enjoy the time. And Vanessa knows and Tori knows who's on this call, I suck at this. I'm always on. I rarely take time off. And by doing that, I'm giving a poor example to my team. This is HR Unplugged Confessional at the end of the year. It's something I'm always working on to be better at because I do want to be an example because when I do get away, I know that I am better for it. So I just wanted us to take a little bit of inventory here at the end of the year and think about how you're encouraging PTO for yourself, for your team, for your peers, and how we're being an example of it. But I love I love that idea that um, you know you're really being an example and you're showcasing it. It's something we actually do at uh, Bamboo HR. Vanessa, you want to talk about a little bit about our paid paid? Yes. Oh, our paid paid is really awesome. Like because I've been at Bamboo for almost seven years now, and like every year I get to choose a place where I want to. Yeah, seven is insane. And my anniversary is coming up in February, which is nuts that I've been here for so long. And but. The paid paid vacation is so great because every year it really pushes me to have that vacation because you have to actually pay for your vacation and go on it to be able to get reimbursed. And and, and it 
like you can't just like say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on vacation, never do anything to take care of yourself. Like it actually pushes you to do that. And it's great because it's like a forced reset. And and so I really love it. Have you taken your paid paid vacation yet, Anita? I did take my paid paid. I used it when we went. Where did we go this year? I did use it for something. I remember posting pictures. I think I did Disney with it. And so I posted some Disney pictures because Disney is ridiculously expensive. Um, and so it's always good to have an extra $1,500. That's really the intention to do something that you wouldn't do normally. And so sometimes you can pay for travel for two. You can use it as a staycation. And actually, Mike Taylor, who helps produce this show, he uses it for his ski pass. And I think that's a great way to use it, too. So um, just an additional benefit. Uh, basically, we pay our team members to go on vacation and they get reimbursed when they post the picture in the Slack channel of where they went and how they used it. So we're promoting the idea that you take vacation and PTO is so important. You know, it's actually interesting, Vanessa, the happiest employees took an average of 15 PTO days last year, according from uh, the website Calendar Labs, who surveyed their employees in the U.S. and the U.K., so I think it's interesting if you want to tie tie off to tie uh, time off to happiness, it's something that we should definitely look at. But I think it's important to know that PTO doesn't have to mean traveling. It can just mean, like you said, Vanessa, taking a reset, having a staycation. It's so important though that you unplug. See, I find if I don't go anywhere that I don't unplug. I have to change my whole environment and then be focused on other things. Otherwise, this little leash. This, uh, this thing gets, you know, I want to look at it and I want to check my Slack. Or a lot of people actually take their Slack and email off, right? Their phones during their holiday, which I think is a wise a wise tip as well. Mm-hmm. I love that tip too, Anita, is like go somewhere where there's no service. Because sometimes I feel that where I'm like, I'm just so addicted to my phone because it's the digital age. And, <laughs> and so it's like, that's something I definitely want to take into account in my future vacations. But I couldn't, re- I couldn't agree more with being intentional with resets. We really need to, to take care of ourselves first. I know that we've talked about this in several podcast episodes in this series, but you have to take care of you first. Uh, well, let's, let's move to our first set of questions around this. I want to kick us off talking about what happens when employees don't take PTO and then get some of your thoughts. What do we know and what do you think, Anita? Yeah, so we always like to start with data. And a 2020 study found that a direct correlation between job stress and employee turnover, revealing that the more stressed the employee, the higher chances of them quitting their jobs. And I think we and the people business all know this. We feel this ourselves. I know that when I'm tired, I want to quit everything. And so I think it's important to note that employees who don't take adequate time off are more vulnerable to burnout in a time where we've been burnt out since 2020. So in 2022, 89% of respondents to this survey reported that workplace burnout has been so high since the pandemic. And so with you know all the challenges of hybrid, remote, in-person, um, yes, that was the book. No Rules Rules was the book. Thank you for getting the title in there. You know, but burnout has been pervasive since the pandemic. We've had heavier workloads, toxic workplace, work-life imbalance, and then in general, we've just been less connected. So I think it's really important that we have to prioritize self-care. We've talked a lot about mental health since the pandemic, but to know that employees really need to disconnect and they'll come back more motivated and more loyal, wanting them to stay in the work and committed to you and the team going forward. 
Well, it sounds like when they're able to do that, it really it really can help with retention. But and I'm curious if that's true. Um, do you think that there's any correlation with more PTO or people actually using their PTO translating into higher retention? Well, the data would say that tenure increases by eight months for every 40 hours of free time away from work. So that's what the data would say. And I would just ask us what our own personal experience is. I don't need lots of time away, but when I have bite-sized pizzas, and for me, it's being out in nature, it's hiking, it's skiing. And when I get that time away and alone, especially I have to be alone, then I definitely feel I get my greatest ideas. I get creative about certain things. I come back wanting to think and do different things. And so that is really important to me. If I took a full 40 hours, I mean, who knows, Vanessa, what might happen? Maybe that's maybe that's why I don't. Maybe it'd be too much of a creativity overload. But, you know, I think also it's job dependent, right? If you're on a CX team, uh, you know, inside sales team, you might need more time off because you're talking to people all day long. So getting time off to refuel and recharge is really important to you. Some people take some jobs because you're guaranteed time off. Like one of my favorite stories is about the Maui Nui Venison Company. If you haven't researched this company, you've got to look it up. They actually help with a, a venison challenge they have in the island of Maui. And they actually go and they keep the population down um, so that they don't eat all of the flora in Maui. And then they harvest the Okay, tell me, and venison. What is what? Am, what's the animal? Why am I why am I struggling here, Vanessa? Deer, deer. Thank you. Yes, deer. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> Source here. Thank you. Oh dear, that's right. So, um, I don't know why I wouldn't be. I'd be missing that at Christmas season too. So deer. So they harvest <laughs> the deer, but their teams work forty hours on, forty hours off. So think about it: a week on, a week off. And you do have to work at night. You do have to harvest deer. You have to do some things. But you could get half the year's time off. There's no other job I know of that would give you 25 to 26 weeks of holiday. So think about how cool that is and how innovative it is. You know, the other example, um, you know, would be uh, firefighters or uh, stewardesses and airline pilots, right? You know, there's a lot of jobs that people take for the time off benefit. And I think it's just good food for thought to think about the jobs that we have and how we could structure more innovative ways for people to get time off. Well, we got a really good question as you're you're going through that is uh, wondering how you handle workplace burnout in a small firm where everything is billable hours. Uh-huh. You know, it's funny, Rissa, uh, my buddy is an attorney. He owns a small firm and we go on a, a weekly hike where we like talk to each other about what we're working on. And he's actually, we just talked about this on our walk on Sunday morning. And, you know, the end of the year for attorneys is pretty brutal, right? You're working on AR, you've got to get all uh, accounts receivable. You've got to get all of your bills like allocated, your hours allocated. And so, you know, we were talking about part of it is keeping it light, right? What can you do around the office? Is it lots of snacks? Is it music? Is it, you know, fun lights and decorations? Are you ordering in food? Are you laughing? I notice when I have to do really monotonous tasks like that, um, and I feel like all my friends are attorneys, which is odd, but the good news is I'll stay out of jail, so that's a perk. But you you have to do that type of work in small doses. So be really focused for an hour and then get outside for an hour. Then come back and do an hour and then get outside. So I think if you can help everybody and then start a little bit earlier in December. So you know, like on December 1st that you want to be done by 
you know, December 28th or whatever it is. You can have a few days before the year closes or to audit all of your transactions and your inputs and entries. You can do that. But give yourself enough time so that you don't have to do it all at once. All the attorneys I know save it till the very end at a time of year that's very, very busy when they want more time with their families. And that all adds insult to injury and it makes it really, really challenging. Very true, Tita, same in the CPA firm. Uh, real punishing at this time of year for those for those uh, career choices, right? Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's interesting. So another question: We're shorthanded and haven't been able to get fully staffed. Yeah. And and we you know we talk about the holiday season, like how what what maybe is some advice that could help them during that time to make sure that people get that time off. So I think there's a lot of kids in college that have time off. They're finishing finals. They want to like make extra money or interns. Think about where in your community, like I know tons of people between 18 and like 30 that would love to make some extra money. And if you just did a job posting out there, put it on your social networks, put it in LinkedIn, or even pass it around different schools and say, hey, if you've got college kids coming home for the holiday and they want to work five hours or 10 hours a, you know, a week or a day, how could you go deploy um, some of the talent that's right in front of you to get some of these things done. I love one of the things that you had mentioned earlier in your in your comment, Anita. Uh, I love that you mentioned that there needs to be a balance and how it goes back to your mission, vision, values. And this really ties into something I wanted to touch on, which is why people may not take time off. Um, I know somebody, Sam had mentioned, why is it such a virtue not to take PTO? Like that's something that definitely... Uh, it, some companies have and built into their culture, unfortunately. You know, it's really interesting. I think you do have to think about culturally what you want. There are people like if we talk about the Santa Claus one, right? He never took time off. The whole premise of that movie is that he was working all the time and he'd work Christmas Eve or even Elf, right? He was working Christmas Eve. Look, there's we are staying in a no judgment zone. There are a lot of people that struggle at this time of year. They don't want anything to do with it. And I think we need to be inclusive of them just like we're inclusive of everybody else. So if you choose to work and that's the thing you want to do, I'm going to love you just as much. However, there's a lot of people that use this as a martyr system, right? I just have to work. I can't be around doing the things I want to do for my family. And when I have those thoughts and I'm like, it's on me. Right. So what did I do? I moved wrapping station into my office. We talked about that with Vanessa earlier. I'm like, I've been behind on work. So any break I get or any call that ends early, I'm going to wrap some presents because I really enjoy wrapping presents. You know, I get this from my family all the time. Anita, you shouldn't cook like this giant five course dinner for Christmas Eve. Well, actually, I enjoy it. So I want to allocate the time it takes for me to do that. I love entertaining. I love serving my family. So I need to be responsible for my own self-management and do it in a way that works for me. So I think that's the piece that you want to encourage your teams from. If they want to work, support them. If they want to take time off, support them and help them create a schedule that allows them to harmonize all of the asks in their life at this time of year. I love that. And there's a couple of statistics, too, that I wanted to kind of walk through with that being said is like too many people don't use their vacation days. Like 55 percent of U.S. employees do not take advantage of their employer's PTO policies. When they do, they end up working. Over half of employees report working while on PTO and employees feel guilty taking PTO. 53 percent of workers felt guilty for taking time off because they feared their coworkers must absorb their workload. I think a lot of people worry about work piling up when they're gone or dealing with people calling them with emergencies when they're supposed to be on PTO. And they might they might also be concerned with what we've been talking about, too, is like the team or company culture or maybe some like 
uh, weird precedents that are set or some mindsets where it's like, oh, if I'm gone, I'm going to be compared to the one person that's always there, always on, and I won't get that promotion I've been in, you know, driving towards. And uh, it's it's really interesting. But what do you think about this, Anita? How do you recommend we encourage people to use this PTO? I know you've kind of been speaking to it of like almost setting boundaries too um, of things that work for you, but I'd love to hear more. Look, this is a leadership competency. When I saw the statistic, Vanessa, of over 765 million vacationees have gone unused by Americans, it's like gift cards, right? You're like, you're just buying gift cards and they're stacked up in your wallet and you never use them. We as leaders, and this is where I'm so grateful for our teammates in Europe and in different countries around the world, they're so much better than us Americans at taking time off and really savoring the moments and joy in life. So I think we can take a note from all of you out there working across the world that are, are far better at this than, than teammates in America. But I think what we need to do is know that this is the leadership competency like anything else. You know, we had a teammate on our team, Vanessa. Um, we had a big thing coming up. The teammate had vacation. And really, I, I worked to say, hey, I want you to take your time off. I can do this for you. Vanessa can do this for you. Both of us are in the office. Like I'm choosing to work this week. I've got a lot of teammates that are off this week and that's okay. I'm here to cover the load. Vanessa's here to cover the load. Let's do it and let's do it well and not complain about it. But we've also built in systems that help with redundancy. This is something new we started on our team. If I go out, if Vanessa goes out, we actually create a document of all of the things that we have in flight where they are, and who our backup will be for those things. And this is where you can go and you can take time off. Now, a lot of you might say, well, I don't have a Vanessa. I don't have somebody else on my team that does what I do. In which case, I always love to turn to my finance partners and my IT partners. There's got to be somebody in finance or accounting and somebody in IT that can do what you need to do. And I would really challenge a lot of you is, can you really not get away for a week? Is there something that is going to happen that needs to be done right now or can it wait? Um, so I think a lot of this freedom that we're all craving is within us. And we have the opportunity to take it if you're willing to be accountable and set up the right systems to make it happen for you. Did you mention the Franklin Covey principle? I hadn't gone there yet. I just want to make sure I was staying on track with where we were. So oh, yeah, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because I do, I get worried about work piling up and, and things like that, like we talked about. So one of the principles is a Franklin Covey principle that comes out of five choices, I think, is the content right now. And the idea is that, is it important or is it urgent? And so if we go out and uh, let's say our car gets really messy or it's a rainy day out and there's rain all over our car, there are some of you in this chat that will feel like you must get your car washed right away right? Who is that? I know you're in there somewhere, but that won't keep your car from running. If your car is clean or dirty, your car will still get you from point A to point B. Now, if my car is out of gas or my car needs an oil change, then it will stop running and I cannot get from point A to point B. So I use this analogy for when you're like sizing up your vacation, the time of year that it's at, all of the possible things that can go wrong. Is it urgent or important? And are you putting undue expectations and pressure on yourself around things that really don't need to be done until you get back? And part of that in soliciting help from people around you is to say, these are the things that can wait. These are the things that you really have to prioritize and make sure they get handled if I'm not here. And if I'm not here, here are the ways that you can go ahead and get them done. 
you know, one great source for small teams, Vanessa, that we often don't think about. It is expensive, but talking about our attorney friends, I always have an employment attorney on call because if I'm not there, that's the quickest way to get things handled in a way that you're sure you're not going to jail or hurting somebody, right? And mm -hmm. so if you have a small team, then there's no one in finance or in IT that you can count on. For that week, call your employment attorney and say, hey, I'm heading out on vacation. I'm putting you on my out of office. And then at that point, they can really easily gauge urgent from important and help create a list. That's the other thing I do. So if Vanessa goes out of town, I don't send her Slack after Slack every day she's gone. I pull up a Google document or whatever you want to use in your, you can write it down. And I keep notes of all the things that happened that week. This is the conversation that I had. This was the ask while you were out. This is something that you're going to want to follow up on. This is what I wanted to make sure that you knew. And this way I'm not pelting her the entire week with emails and slacks. I'm keeping it in the document. And when I'm done with everything for the week, I schedule the send for 9 a.m. Monday morning. And I'm like, welcome back. These are all the things that happen. So as you're getting through it all, and then I schedule a meeting and I'm like, hey, let's get together for 30 minutes at the end of Monday or Tuesday, whenever you get your stuff together. And let's talk about all of the things that I thought about while you're gone. Which is super helpful because then it, it just, it keeps everything running. It keeps it super efficient. And, and, and while you were talking about that, Amy had posted on here of, I just started a nonprofit and the boss has never taken PTO because he's all the things. And I immediately thought of critical, like critical failure, like it, it looking at the business and figure out like if, if he's gone and he is all the things, then what happens? It's, it's a, I always th think of like the hit by the bus scenario. I know there's a much more positive uh, transit. Retire on the beach. Retire on the beach. It's, it's the retire on the beach. If all of a sudden they retire on the beach, who, who's going to cover for them? Um, and, you know, do you have that critical point of failure? You know, how can you fix that? How can you like pass on tasks and like do the cross training? I know that was mentioned in the chat a couple of times. Uh, but then also when we ask ourselves as well, or even employees thinking like everything is urgent in our minds, everything we're working on is like prioritized, important, but will the company survive tomorrow if you're gone? And like, and, and most of the times it's like, yes, everything will survive. Everything will keep running and come back on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Or you win the lotto. That's a great one. Alex. <laughs> I really need to look at it for sure. But part of it too, like you said, is we are always looking for leadership and development opportunities for our teammates. Going on vacation is a great way to grow your teammates. You'll see exactly where their strengths and weaknesses are. And for, for you, Amy, that talked about being at a nonprofit, it's a great strategic conversation for you to have with him, right? You've been so integral and important to this organization. You've made it so this organization cannot survive without you. And this is part of building a built-to-last organization that you know I'm really passionate about. It's a Jim Collins term. But if you want this organization to go on beyond you, after you, you know, God forbid something happens or you want to do something else. Oftentimes it doesn't happen to the person, but let's say something happens to a loved one, right? Like, you know, I, I need to go take care of my mom or I need to go take care of a, a you know, a child or whatever it is. You Things take people away for all types of reasons. If you care about the mission of this organization and you feel like it needs to be here to help benefit the world, then let's do something to owe it to the world to make sure that this organization runs without you. You know, on that walk I just had with my attorney friend, he had a client who passed away out of nowhere. 
right? And didn't have a will and didn't have his affairs in order. Luckily, my friend is a really great attorney. He's going to handle all of that for him. But this is where I think about just going on vacation. Do you have your stuff in order so that if something happened to you, the business can go on without you? And I actually, this is an interview question I like to ask. If you weren't in your job right now, who could take it on and do it for you, right? Because I don't ever want to leave my job until I leave it better than I found it. When I left my last job, I had a trained successor with a qualified team that would come in and do it. I think you use vacation as the ability to see how well your team is doing without you. And it's our duty, especially as people leaders in this people business, to make sure that we are the example for all the teams on how to do it better or different. And again, it doesn't have to be inside your own team. This is a great cross-functional opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, well said. And and uh, there was a, a response to the that original comment too, was the nonprofit industry has different pulls and realities in regard to limited resources, less workforce, et cetera, that corporate companies have more of. Are there best practices for the nonprofit industry that you recommend? Yeah, so Jim Collins does a great by choice, or sorry, good to great for social sectors. I would encourage you to get that book. It's really tiny. You can buy it used on Amazon, but he actually goes through the good to great methodology for social sectors. I would also say that, um, you know, and I've, I've been on many nonprofit boards. I've worked inside nonprofits before. It's an area I'm really, really passionate about. And you must be ruthless on prioritization. What I know about people that are working in nonprofits is they want to please. They're very much like HR leaders. You know, they want to say yes to everything. And when you have limited resources, like many HR teams do or HR teams of one, there's so much less that you can do. And I want you to be encouraged to do less, be maniacal about your focus, read Atomic Habits by James Clear, and do less but do better, and you will get through it. I promise. Yes. Well, before we close out the section, uh, I just wanted to call out, I love that you were talking about uh, setting those boundaries earlier, and it's, it's, it's teaching people how to treat you. And I think it's important to respond to maybe the 911 messages that come out and say, here's someone else you can help that can help manage you while this while I'm out of office. Because um, it'd be really easy for us to just quickly respond because then we feel bad and like, oh, I, I should respond because who else are they going to reach out to? You can have an automated message, you know, in your email. I don't know if Slack does that, but you can say, if you need this, boop, need this, boop, like. And, and I really like that you mentioned the the report earlier, because like you said, like it is super helpful. And uh, there there's an example too, where, where Kelsey and I, she's the, the HRVP manager. So she's, she's my direct leader. She's super awesome. And we had a, a week where she was out and she put together a whole list of items of everything that she was doing. And so then what I did is on, when she came back, kind of like what Anita said is that example is setting okay with this bullet i had this conversation here's a link to the doc that we created boop 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 like it very easy so she can come back to work and not feel behind it's just all in like a quick report uh so it can it can definitely work and make sure you have everything there that they would need while you're gone to eliminate that need for those 911 messages totally at some point yes Yes. And I and I think you kind of talked spoke to this a little bit too, which is this could be especially important for an HR team of one. Who is your backup when you're out of office? Finance, accounting. 
It needs to be somebody with the same level of access as you. I know you mentioned that before. There's somebody in the chat that even said, like, I'm everyone. I'm finance. I am accounting. I am HR. But who could be your backup during that time that could get that temporary access even that would make sense to cover for you? So the person that should be your backup and the team of one is the person that hired you. If you're finance, accounting, front desk, and HR, whoever hired you gave you that job, which is usually the business owner. So the business owner needs to be your backup, and they should be really excited and grateful to be your backup. And then I just want to say something about these 911 requests. I would say 90% of the 911 requests I get are never 911. 1% of the things I deal with in a year are truly 911, have to be handled in that moment. And so I know a lot of you, and it's very popular to be responsive. I get back to everyone, like we have this race, like that's why we're on our little leashes all the time. And I'm gonna respond within 30 minutes, an hour, 24 hour SLAs. And so much of it is self-imposed. I think we need to look at it and say, do we need to respond to this right away? Now, what you must do is go and say, hey, I see your message, I see you. I will get back to you within 72 hours. If that doesn't work for you, please let me know. You could even put that on your automatic message if you're just a team of one, like my SLA for you is 72 hours, you'll never receive anything before. I am prioritizing as I go and set that standard. And if you really do have a 911, then you have the time and space to be able to handle it. If you've trained all the people that you're serving that you're gonna respond within a day, you are screwed. Like really, you're hurting yourself. So take care of yourself, pay it forward, um, and make sure that you're putting things in place for you to be successful. But you're a hero is because you set boundaries, not because you say yes to everyone. Let's move on to our next section, how PTO helps recruiting efforts. How have you seen PTO impact a business's ability to attract top talent? So look, it's one of the top benefits that new hires are looking for in a new job. 63% will turn down a job offer who doesn't have an ample PTO package, especially since the pandemic. 58% of workers say they would accept lower pay if they could get more time off. I've seen this to be true. People value their paid time off. It is like gold. And nearly a third of employees report that mandatory paid time off as a top benefit to offer. So that's what they really want. I struggled with this when I came to Bamboo that we actually had like a set number of PTO days. I don't think I'd ever had in my career a set number of PTO days. So it was really uncomfortable to me. As I you know, got into the rhythm of Bamboo, I really appreciate it because it does force the issue of taking time off where a lot of feedback around the unlimited model, and I know this was a question that we got, is people just don't take it right? They follow what their manager is doing. Their manager's not taking time off. So they end up using a lot less. So I become more of a fan of a structured PTO policy than ever before since my experience being at Bamboo. Um, I think it's just a really interesting way. If you're committed to having people take time off, force them to take time off. And you as a leader, right? This is a lot of the conversations I have. I think, Vanessa, you've heard me say it. There will be times where I will ask you to work at night or over a weekend but they're very few and far between. I will use those chips very wisely. And so I'm often saying, do you need to, like a lot of people will be like, I'll do that at night or I'll have it to you. I remember Becca on our recruiting team. She's awesome. She's like, I'll have you a list of candidates by 8 a.m. Monday morning. And this is like Friday at noon. I'm like, yeah, I, I won't look at it. 
I won't look at it. I actually probably won't look at it till two o'clock Monday. So feel free to not work on it over the weekend. Feel free to do it first thing Monday morning. And then my Monday afternoon, I'll put an hour on my schedule and look at it. But I'm not going to purposely make people work if I know that I won't actually respond to the work that they do in a timely manner. Well, what, when it comes to the interview process, what do you think is the right amount of messaging about PTO to candidates during the, the interview process? So this has to be tied back to your proposition of who you are as an organization. I want to go back to the cake, right? What is your mission? What is your strategy? And what does that mean for your time off? So we at Bamboo, we serve all of you. We serve small businesses. We serve people in Australia. We serve people in Germany, all over the world. So a lot of our teams have to work different hours to support our customers, right? We have a big customer support team. We have a big inside sales team. So it's important to make PTO that works for your customer and works for your team members. So our policies are designed around supporting you as the customer. So that's how I'd position it in a way that is amplifying of your employee value proposition, and it's all tied together. I've seen a lot of you will say, hey, we closed down for the holiday between Christmas and New Year's. That's awesome. That works for your customer. If that worked for our customer, I would suggest that to Bamboo too, but that doesn't. It's actually our busiest time of year is we're getting to the close of the year. We're getting ready to file taxes. We're getting ready to issue W-2s, right? A lot of people are doing payroll transitions at 1231. You know, the first quarter for our payroll team and support team is really busy. January, February, super busy. So if we were to close down between Christmas and New Year's, it actually wouldn't be good for you as our customer. So you've got to think about those things. And this is where, you know, it's an opportunity for you as an HR leader is to be really strategic and understand the business, right? Like I never schedule things at the end of the month because we're closing the month. I never schedule things at the end of the quarter for that reason, right? So be thoughtful of where and how you put in these PTO ideas to make sure it works well for the business. Well, in, in, in my recruiting experience, like I had candidates not continue the conversation about a job during the interview process if the PTO is too limited. And I saw somebody comment about that as well, that they turned down a job because they were used to one policy, which is the unlimited policy, moving to more of that tied structure. And it didn't work for them, which is good. Like, I'm glad that you you set that uh, standard for yourself and moved to a company that worked for you. Um, but yeah, I remember there was somebody that I talked to that at the time we were only offering uh, 15 days and the interviewee said, hey, I need a 20 day minimum because that's what I've been used to and my family's been used to and and walked away from the job interview itself and um, set the ba boundaries there and it just didn't work. This kind of pivots into kind of a, a different part of this conversation too, which is, you know, what do you recommend for HR professionals that maybe have a different strategy about how employees take PTO than how people managers are managing it with their teams? So this is the part that I need to put that in. When Vanessa and I were prepping, I'm like, I have something to say to this. Where does it go? It goes right here. So your ability to execute on PTO is directly correlated to the maturity of your managers, just like any other people program. So like at Bamboo, about what is it, Vanessa? It's like it, this was in your employee relations report that was so well written. Was it 70 to 75% of leaders at Bamboo are first-time managers? Is that right? Yeah. What that tells me is that we need to set PTO policy because what leaders love to do is I would say, hey, HR says you can only have five days off. That's what HR says, right? And so if you want leaders to take a more active role and you want an unlimited policy, you have to have leaders that are really great 
at outlining what performance looks like and managing to performance. They're actually willing to say no. The reason why people like unlimited is because there's no approval process to it. When you have an approval process, you need a leader to step in and say, hey, no, I actually already have three other people taking time off. It's our busiest time of year. You submitted your request last, so you're not actually going to be able to take it. And I'm really sorry about that. It's what we need for the business. And it's what you signed up for when we hired you for this job, because it was really well outlined in the job description. It was really well outlined in the offer letter. So again, you're delivering all the way through the employee journey. This isn't a surprise. This is something that's always been there. So I think the people leaders and the people teams have to get lined up with what is the sophistication of leaders, what's the sophistication and systems on the HR team, and what's going to work best for your customer. Mm -hmm. You have to set those consistent expectations and hold everybody to to what those expectations are that you set. And, and it could really be team dependent too, where, whether it's salaried employees versus exempt um, or hourly employees. And, and for some teams, as soon as they get their work done, they log off versus others require a full 40 hours a week with no questions asked. You know, and as a business, you need you need a strategy, one strategy, one culture, figure out what that is for you. And for small businesses, work on your relationships with your senior leaders to plant the seeds to have and have the conversations about strategies. If you're moving into a middle-sized company, you need to build on it now so you don't run into those issues later. Well, let's move on to, to our third section. Uh, we, we've talked about how PTO really benefits employers with retention and recruiting, but I want to spend a little more time talking about how PTO really benefits employees. What do we know about PTO and how it impacts happiness and productivity? So we talked about this a little bit in section one, Vanessa, right? Where we, and I explained this, this is like my breakthrough idea. So 80% of our employees are like this. They experience a breakthrough idea while relaxing during time off that positively affects job performance. This could actually be a really interesting program, right? Where you have people that go away and if they have a breakthrough idea that came up during their holiday, they share it back with the teams, right? We have 62% of team members with unlimited PTO that report a healthy work-life balance, while 53% of employees with a fixed two weeks time off report a healthy work-life balance. So it seems like both can be healthy between unlimited and with a PTO program as long as they're taking the time off. That is what the principle is, is that we want our team members to take time off. And when they take time off, they're better for our products and they're better for our customers. So when PTO is mandatory, um, employee happiness increases. More than two thirds of employees rate their at-work happiness as good or excellent compared to 54% of employees without it. So again, the principle is to use your time off no matter what PTO policy that you're in and make sure it works for your customers and your teams, right? If you have adjacent teams, like, you know, if you look at Vanessa and me and we're supporting our sales team and our CX team and they're in office and we're not, that doesn't work. If your IT staff is on holiday when the rest of the team is in office, that doesn't work. So you've got to think about it as an organization so everybody has what they need to do their job. Mm -hmm. And I think PTO should really be tied to to our culture. And at, at Bamboo HR, it's about enjoying quality of life, uh, which is one of our, one of our values. And PTO is is about that well being. I know <laughs> Melinda 
uh, so graciously made sure to remind us of a previous comment about uh, it makes you less murdery. Uh, <laughs> and and for me, I think about it as like this temperature gauge. You have your own personal temperature gauge, and where are you at? How are like check check on yourself? Like you have that that gauge, and how where are you on the scale for your resets? Uh, you know, earlier this year. Like I, I got super sick in April and was out for like a week or two. And I found out in, in August, I realized the only time off I've taken is for sickness. I haven't had a reset day where it's actually just me and my thoughts having those breakthrough moments, those breakthrough ideas, having that creative part of me blossom. You know, I didn't intentionally take that time. And so it was like, oh, I need to, I need to be intentional about this, um, because when you're sick, you're not going to have breakthrough ideas unless you are a super amazing human. Uh, so, <laughs> at least I don't. <laughs> and say that though, because people take time off at the holidays, but then they go all the way till July usually, right? They wait till first, and six months is a long haul, like you're saying. So. I mean, I love a good three-day weekend, especially because people really sign off on a three-day weekend. You could get a Friday with a lot without a lot of activity or a Monday, and you can put three days together and really do it. So, Vanessa, you've got to do it because you're right. Sick time is not holiday time. Yes, yes. Well, and and something that, that I have found, too, like when I do take a vacation, I intentionally add an extra day at the very end because sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation, Ooh. depending on the circumstances. That's right. <laughs> on Saturday. I always come back on Saturday so that I can do laundry. I can unpack. I can like get everything back together. When I come back Sunday, I'm, it's a hot mess going into Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and there's another perspective too. Like we all have, you know, very personal things that happen in our lives, you know, things that we're going through, things that are challenging or difficult. And one thing that, you know, a few years ago, I dealt with the loss of a parent. And over the last several years, I've realized that I have trigger days and I figured out what those days are that correlate with that loss. And I'm intentional every year to think ahead on what those might be. I take those days off whether or not I'm going to be triggered or whether I am triggered because I know for my mental health, I need to remove myself and be alone with my thoughts to be able to recoup, reset, because then I'm able to connect back to work 100% myself because I took care of me. I raised my temperature gauge up to where I'm now, hi, I'm warm, I'm good, I'm ready to go. And, and I think that's really important that sometimes we forget even those types of things. Are you intentional about that, like taking care of you with, those, with that type of circumstance? This is actually Vanessa being a leader, right? That's what you're doing, Vanessa, is you're being a leader around what you know you need. And you're mm -hmm. taking of yourself so that you can take care of others. And that's what we need to do in these jobs. No one is going to take care of us, right? Unless you're working with Vanessa and me, no one else is like probably saying, hey, when was the last time you took a vacation? And I need to be better at that, right? So let's really help each other. And Vanessa, I just want to showcase what you're doing because it is you taking care of you, which allows you to come and be your best self at work. And, and that's important. And so if you don't have somebody doing that for you, find somebody in HR Heroes, ping Vanessa and me, we'll send you a note, remind you to take those days off and be your best heroes in that. But this is how you can put your mask on first before putting it on others. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Just like the airplane scenario. <laughs> well, thank you, Anita. What are, what are our next steps? Like what can HR professionals do with this information? 
So just like anything else, talk to your customer. Is your customer happy with what uh, PTO looks like inside your organization? Um, are they taking it? Do you have a way to measure if they're taking it? I saw a great question. How do you make change when those at the top don't value it? You know, provide the data and then ask them, hey, you know, why is it that you don't usually take time off? Is that an expectation? Is that part of our culture? Because again, in our no judgment zone, you can hire, train and fire people that will never take time off. There's enough of us out there that will always be that person, right? But if it's not explicit, then let's make it explicit. They may just be doing it because they never had somebody in their life that asked them to do it. it. I know a lot of this we do because we saw our parents always work, right? Or we saw our grandparents always work or whoever raised us, right, was doing that. And so it's good to go get context and say, hey, why do you do this? And do you think it's the best way for our organization to function? Because I want to make sure that I'm supporting whatever you think is going to make us successful. And if they say, hey, like I don't know, let's talk about it, then you can bring in some data. And you can say, these are what other organizations in our industry are doing. This is how much people are using right now. People in our EMPS, our well-being surveys are afraid to take time off. We are actually having people overutilize in this area, underutilize in this area. You know, you can kind of do an audit of what PTO policy is best for you. And don't forget about your leadership maturity. Do you have really experienced leaders that are going to help manage performance and say no to PTO requests? Or are leaders just going to say yes to everything because they don't want to engage in conflict and they're not really sure how to get all of that together? Because PTO is actually a big people program that takes leadership effectiveness to manage with excellence. So think about that. You know, think about what others in your industry are offering. Look at construction companies, what they do for time off, visit what tech does. Coverage is critical. Are you a 24-7 organization? What does your support team look like? Like, I also don't like organization that has different rules for different people. I think we're all in it to support our customers together. So if support has different rules like blue collar versus white collar, you know, I think that's something to consider. But again, no judgment zone. We can create around it. Just be aware of the second and third order consequences to that. Um, think about the talent that you want in your future. What's important to them? They may have different PTO expectations like Vanessa shared earlier than you do now. So make sure it's easy to use and easy to understand. Believe it or not, this can get so complex. So just make sure it's easy to consume just like the rest of your programs and make sure it's a representation of your mission and values. I love that. Thank you, Anita. I think we have time for just one question. Do you think it's better to have PTO and sick time or just one bank for all time off? You know, Courtney, we have struggled with this at Bamboo. I think you need both. I think people do better with both. Um, I think people like to have one bucket for sick and one bucket for PTO, just like Vanessa described. If you have it all out of one bucket and you have a significant illness and you don't have any time left for PTO, I don't know that that's the culture that you want to create. So I would encourage two buckets. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Anita. It's it's always so fun to talk with you about all these different topics. And today was fun talking about PTO. Love all the commentary in the chat. There's a lot of tips and tricks that people will have shared and stories. Definitely take that back to our Slack community. But Anita, before we wrap up, do you want to talk through our three takeaways for today? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Vanessa. Great conversation. Thanks to all of you. You know, again, make sure your PTO policy matches your company mission, vision, and values. That's point one. Model the behavior you want to see in your PTO policy and encourage team members to use their PTO in alignment for what serves the customer and serves the team. 
and report out on it. I think it's a great, we talk about KPIs. This is a great KPI. Like what is currently happening around time off? This is a good topic for us to be really top of mind around. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Vanessa. Always a wonderful conversation. But start drafting your next POTO policy right now. And please visit us at hrunplug.com. Please subscribe to the series and please leave us a review. And most of all, join our Slack community and keep the conversation going. Keep doing the great work out there. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for HR Unplugged. This series is brought to you by Bambu HR. Visit us at bambuhr.com slash HR unplugged for video versions of the podcast, additional resources, and to learn more about how Bambu HR sets people free to do great work. Thank you.